Next on BYU Sports Nation is today. The best day for BYU to name a starting quarterback. Coaches are running out of time. Or are they? Our two-on-one with offensive coordinator Jeff Grimes. Why he isn't being coy about the process of deciding a starting quarterback. And could Taysom Hill be an NFL All-Pro this year? Hey, it could happen. Let's go! This is BYU Sports Nation. Brought to you by the BYU Store. Simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live. Your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Wednesday, August 22nd, wherever and however you're connected. Wonderful to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with a man who at one point in his life will have a koi pond in his yard. Jerem Jordan. I don't even know what that is. It's the thing that typically is outside of nicer uh, teriyaki Asian restaurants. Okay. The big koi fish. They're the orange fish. Okay. It's also the pond that Michael Scott fell into. I just always assume those are goldfish. That's my bad. It's also the pond that Michael Scott fell into in an episode of The Office. I don't remember that one. <laughs> yeah. I'll have to go watch the uh, entire series now. <laughs> Lucky me. Koi ponds. I love it. Typically love reserved you. for the rich and famous, my friend. Oh, is that... Well, that means I wouldn't be in one. No, no. You aspire to have I'm a koi pond in famous. your yard. We'll get there, right? I'm just here so I won't get fined. <laughs> Waiting for the starting quarterback. Outstanding show lined up for you today, and we may or may not talk about the BYU quarterback situation. Oh, and you might cry today. That's coming up. Oh, no. Don't go there yet. Yeah. Don't don't go there you yet. You might cry. Like, something's going away that you've really, really loved. <sighs> An old friend. Yeah, we'll get to that. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. Okay, at what point do we start to legitimately worry and have major concern that BYU hasn't named a starting quarterback yet? Because here comes Arizona. Countdown to the Wildcats. Ten days away. And here come the Cougars, too. Don't forget. Into Tucson, ten days away. Arizona has a quarterback. His name is Khalil Tate. Who will oppose him at the starting quarterback position for BYU? Jerem, plain and simple, is it best for BYU to decide on a starting quarterback today, ten days away? Yes, Neil Diamond, today. Uh, But if BYU doesn't know who the guy is, perhaps they need another practice or two. Okay, They can't wait much longer, but I'd be shocked if BYU doesn't decide who that person is. I'm not saying name or announce. Decide who it is, internally at least, by the end of the week. That, based on a conversation we've had with Jeff Grimes, which will air in the next segment, so stay tuned for that. Get that person all the number one reps immediately. And typically, that number one guy is going to get 80 or 90%. Of the reps, so BYU needs to figure out who is. Are we going? Are we going all in on Zach Wilson, or are we going to go with Tanner Mangum, all in as well? But see what happens, and we know we have Zach Wilson there. Let the team rally behind that starter. Let everyone get used to that, and then go from there. But whoever the backup is, they better be ready because of injury or ineptitude to come right in and make an impact. I had a few buddies with very strong opinions last night hitting me up saying it's going to be Zach Wilson. You watch. I said, okay, convince me that it's going to be Zach Wilson. And their, the whole context of their take was because he has the nothing-to-lose attitude 
and he is a freshman and doesn't come in with hype and expectations, they feel like that will carry over into the opening games. Well, we hope so. You know what BYU has to lose in September? Four games. <laughs> five. There, no. are, there are five games in September. No, there's not <laughs> five games to lose. There's four. <laughs> there are four power five games. So that, that's why I'm a little hesitant to go in on the freshman quite yet. Listen, everything's great about Zach Wilson right now. What if he comes in? What if he starts and he throws three picks in the first half? Then the narrative changes quickly, okay? So I, I'm not going to go there either way with him right now. Obviously, he's the most popular guy because he hasn't done anything wrong. He's not the one that lost, lost to UMass like Joe Critchlow or threw nine picks and eight touchdowns last year like Tanner Mangum. So, of course, he's going to be lauded and praised and excited about. That's the thing. That will he only hasn't increase. done anything wrong. That will only increase if he indeed is the backup quarterback. Then the popularity yes. will grow. Then the angst to... Put Zach in the game will grow. Yes. Now, I do have some mild concern, by the way, about the throwing motion of Tanner Mangum right now. Perhaps it's not an issue. Ultimately, if the ball gets there, it's good. It doesn't feel like Tanner Mangum is throwing the ball at or above his head like he used to. It feels like he's kind of sidearming it right now. I don't know if that's a, a change on purpose mechanically or whatever, but I'm no quarterback coach, but I'm just like mildly interested in what's going on there. I'd love for them to name the starting quarterback today. It's not going to happen because I believe Jeff Grimes. And he told us the end of the week. You'll hear this. It's going to be at the end of the week. Then the He said he'd becomes, like to name someone. Yeah. Doesn't mean they will. Maybe, maybe not. If they, they, scrimmage, don't, they scrimmage tomorrow. I think that will wait. I think after that scrimmage, they go, okay, who's our guy? If they don't let's, name let's, somebody by the end Now we're prepping for Arizona. It's not fall camp. If BYU does not name somebody clearly by the end of the week, then I'm concerned. Oh, the <laughs> They're going to figure it out. Monday, you're prepping for Arizona. Then it's I'm too concerned. Late. It's time. You're, the go time is now, I, but I think it's going to be the end of the week. Okay. But will they tell us? That's the next question. Will they tell everybody else or try and hold it internal because it is so close to game time? I think they will because it will come in. Okay, it's the preseason, so let's play the hypothetical game. Oh, boy. Last season we played this. It blew up. It was awesome. Okay? Let's play it again. So I give you one guaranteed win this season. What game do you take and why? 98% of you are saying this is the easiest answer in the history of BYU Sports Nation questions. And I'm here to tell you that it is not the case. So, no, I'm not going to say Utah, everyone. Mm. I say Arizona. How many times have we said on this program over the summer in the last few months, everything changes if BYU beats Arizona Hold in on. game number one. Whoa, 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 whoa. You're using your one guaranteed win on a team that BYU could beat already? You wouldn't use it on Washington or Wisconsin, let alone Utah? No. Or Boise State? No. That's the fifth best team on the schedule. Everything changes if BYU beats Arizona. You want to inject excitement and passion and hope into the fan base after beat, a four and nine Utah. season. All of those things perfectly encapsulate you. You gotta go all the way through the season to wait for that though. They we need in an injection of hope and excitement before the last game of the regular season. That could happen naturally, but you could guarantee a win against Utah. BYU's a fourteen point underdog at Arizona right now. Fourteen. Betters also said that Joe Critchlow was the odds on favorite to be the quarterback. <laughs> Everything changes. You, my friend, said two days ago from your Rammy Umptum over there. <laughs> as high on your side as mine. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> 
that BYU goes from get to a bowl game to eight, maybe nine wins if BYU beats Arizona. What a contrast. Okay, let's talk about... Everything changes. Let's talk about my pick. Okay, please, tell me. I'd like some time for this. Please do. It's Utah. Okay, as much as it would be awesome to beat Arizona or even, I don't know, top 10 ranked Wisconsin or Washington on the road, there's one answer here. Seven in a row. It's Utah. It would it would change how we feel about the season as a whole, regardless of what happens, okay? And there's a disparity here, mainly with head-to-head records since 2010, but it's more than that. It would be incredibly validating for BYU wandering, divorced by choice in the wilderness in the West Coast Conference, waiting for a Power 5 invite in the future, to beat the rival who has dominated the series recently, to restore order to the chaos that has become the game on the field and the result this decade. Beating Utah, if I had one guaranteed win, would be the game I would pick for sure. I think BYU could beat Arizona guaranteed or not. With Utah on the road, that's a, that's a tougher contest. And then my second, third choices, tied for two, would be in Wisconsin and uh, Washington. It's game number one, in my opinion, versus the final game of the regular season for Jerem. Now, I'm not saying... No, that, no, no. It's Utah. And th- this, is, this is not saying... BYU won't be Utah. We're, this is just the guarantee. If you got one guaranteed win, what would you do? There's this idea that, well, if you guarantee Arizona, now you're saying you're going to lose to the t- No, 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 no. You're just taking a guaranteed win. Everything changes. You win the opening game at Arizona. Oh, the rhetoric changes entirely, which is why I want to win game number one. I want to win all 12 games. Amen to that. Entering 2018, BYU needs an identity as a team. They do. There are so many question marks. Who's at the forefront of that? Right now, who is the face of BYU football? Because BYU didn't have a superstar, like, say, Fred Warner coming into the season, or last year you could have said Tanner Mangum, you know, before the season, I think it's Kalani Satake. I think it's more college basketball-ish than it is college football. When you think college basketball, what do you think? You think coaches, because you're not familiar with these one and done. so it's the coaches. The figurehead of the program... It's Kalani Satake. It's not Tanner Mangum right now or Zach Wilson, although whoever becomes the starter and if they succeed, that will quickly become probably the face, right? Um, and it might be as soon as they name that guy publicly, but I think it's Kalani Satake. I agree with you. It should be the head coach, especially after a 4-9 and nine season because he had to make some very, very hard and big decisions. So the spotlight turns to him. Okay, you made those hard decisions. Ty Detmer is no longer with you. The Heisman Trophy was, winner was fired. Now the spotlight is shining brightly on the head coach. And think about the premier programs in college football. What, what's the face of those programs? What's the face of Alabama? Nick Saban. It's, yeah. What's the face of Ohio State, for better or for worse right now? Urban Meyer. Okay. Like, like at Oregon, when Marcus Mariota was there. Like, if you have a stud player, someone that can that transcend guy. that, yes. then you're in a great spot. Yes. But that is, I think, not where it typically needs to be. I think it should be with the head coach. It's on Kalani Satake. It depends on the personality of the coach. It depends on the success of the coach. I would say the majority of programs aren't defined by the head coach per se. It, yeah. it, it kind of just depends. You hope that a player becomes the spotlight. Like, who's on the BYU football poster this year? Like, who's the main guy? There's not like a, there's not like a main guy, right? Because Tip- they don't it have was a Taysom face. Hill or Jamal Williams. Yeah. Or- 
And then going in two seasons ago, it's like, well, we have to give Taysom and Tanner the spotlight because we don't know who the starter is. Yeah, I think the poster. So I think the poster now they should remake it and they should take that picture that BYU photo put out of Kalani Satake in his sunglasses with the team. Yeah, exactly. Blaring just back. Make it just, yeah. make, just yeah. make it more Just make it more longy. This morning, the NCAA announced it has dropped the long antiquated RPI in lieu of a new system called the NCAA Evaluation Tool, or NET. What? Not to be confused with a surprisingly good 90s film starring Sandra Bullock. Surprisingly good? This, yeah. This will be the evaluation tool used in lieu of RPI for March Madness. NET. NET. Okay, the NET is the movie Sandra Bullock. NET evaluate. Have you seen it? I have seen okay. it. NET evaluates game results, strength of schedule, game location, scoring margins, somehow capped at 10 points. Why? What? Offensive and defensive efficiency and win-loss quality. Is the death of the RPI, which you have loved more than some of your own relatives, a good thing for college basketball? <laughs> I've had a love-hate relationship with the RPI. I didn't know you hated it. Well, when, wow. it, when it helps BYU, you love it. Put on these blue goggles. And when it hurts BYU, you hate it, right? <laughs> the last three years of being. <laughs> it served a great purpose. It, it, at the time it was instituted, it was... In 1981. Revolutionary. Yes. 1981 was a great we, year, Jerem. We, we kept it until now? <laughs> that we kept a metric from 1981 The sport now. has clearly outgrown the system. Yes. And it's... Absolutely. Long overdue. Let's not uh, go around this lightly. It, it's way outdated. So, hallelujah, yeah. that the NCAA... Selection committee is not relying so heavily on an, a system that was instituted the year that Danny Ainge hit the layup yeah. and put BYU in the Elite Eight. Yeah. So, yeah, there were a lot. Technologically, I think we could advance. I I like I, the advancement. I'm I'm excited because yes, we have better metrics to evaluate things. And no, we don't need to go as far as like baseball goes with things, which which is like crazy. Then there's like no argument on things. The ten point cap, by the way, on scoring margin is really weird because ten points. Isn't enough? Like 25 might be enough for a blowout? How do you know a team got blown out or not? Like 10? What is this? Like junior jazz in Utah? Like little kid baseball? Come on. This affects how teams will be in the quadrants, by the way. So in the quadrants, the RPI dictated, okay, you are a quad one based on your RPI. Now it's based on so net. now it's based on net, the okay. NCA evaluation tool. So initially, I like it because I don't like RPI. But listen, listen. I know this is an emotional thing for you. You've really loved RPI, and and I know you've prepared some words ab- about RPI, which yes. is now essentially dead. I loved it because mostly I I could throw that context and uh, in my face, in and your I, face, and now you can't <laughs> start the music. My good friend RPI, my how the days have gone by. Connected from birth, you and I. Now we must say goodbye. You once brought new hope to the game of college hoop, though many feel it's now a bunch of malarkey. That doesn't rhyme. 37 roller coaster years cannot account for all our parting tears. So long, RPI. Your days have now gone bye bye. <laughs> RPI is dead. RPI is dead. I'm so happy RPI is gone. Oh my god. What happens to hey, RPI Wizard? That was well written. Nice job. Thank you. RPI Wizard. We would like sit there in our office on a cold winter's eve, 
uh, projecting RPI through March. We're like, R- well, BYU does shit yeah, no, on no. the road and they go send to Vegas. What are they? What, ha- what happens to RPI forecast and RPI wizard and all of this? There's some nerd there sitting in Oklahoma City today going, oh, man. Huh. Now, is there an NET wizard? Is there, NET wizard? Can, can the, uh, the people that put together RPI matrix and all that... Now making NET matrix. I need well, something. Well, bracket matrix will still exist. All I the need, yeah, it, no. There's going to be plenty of. Fire. I need something. Rip RPI. <laughs> and little did we know that we could have just changed the letters of our yeah. Name and it would have spelled. How rip about that? This whole time because yeah. that's a really complicated. R I P R P I. So long, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> Your days have now gone. Yes! Bye bye. See ya. <laughs> Oh, wow. I love breaking news sometimes. Our question of the day on social media, believe it or not, does not uh, fixate on RPI. Let's not talk about RPI. No, no, no. <laughs> or NET. We're done talking about it. It's back to college football because BYU is 10 days away from Arizona. Yeah. If you could guarantee one win this season, which game would it be? I think that most answers will be the same. Let's hear from you, BYU Sports Nation. This is the voice of the nation on BYU Sports Nation. Nathan Crook in on Facebook. And the rhyming theme continues. As a diehard blue goggled fan, I have to say Utah, just because of the famine of not winning. Along the lines of what you said, seven in a row. Brutal, right? But I would say Wisconsin, because if BYU were to win that game, BYU would go to Utah with loads of confidence. Well, there's a lot of time in between yeah. the last game and game number Hashtag three. Blue goggles. Hashtag blue yeah. goggles. At Jay Linehan 9, I remember him, Johnny Linehan. Beating Utah at Utah in the last game of the season would be electric. I would smile for a year straight. Okay. We need off-season bragging rights. It would make life at work a lot easier. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Johnny. This is, yes, yes. I feel your pain. Yeah. This is largely felt. We need that one. We need that one. It's it's even stronger. Need it's it. an even stronger emotion for those that have the super annoying Utah fan. You could have call, call just said Utah fan. I called him Daryl, I think, last time. You got Daryl at work. Shut up, Daryl. Who doesn't know a single starter on the Utah team, but every day reminds you, Seth, seven in a row. Eight's coming, man. I've had season tickets since 08. Eight's coming, man. It's been a long time. Ten hey. years. Can you name anybody besides the starting quarterback on the team? Eight's coming, man. <laughs> coming up. Daryl. Fi- Shut up, Daryl. The final 10 and 10, just 10 days away from the season opener. The best offensive players the Cougars will face this year. And our two-on-one with BYU offensive coordinator Jeff Grimes. How close are Tanner Mangum and Zach Wilson in this competition, really? This is BYU Sports Nation. Rip RPI. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Next Tuesday night at 8 Eastern, watch the season debut of BYU football with Kalani Satake as host Gregor Bell talks with Satake, a player and an assistant coach each week. Season debut is next week. We're opening the seat link for those who want to attend the show. Friday at 10 a.m. Mountain Time is when we'll open that up. And Tuesday's show is a unique taped show. We're going to record it from 1 to 2 p.m. On Tuesday, so if you want to attend the show, Friday at 10 a.m. Mountain Time, we'll open up the ceiling. Live from Studio B, this is your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. I am Spencer Linton alongside Jerem Jordan. If you missed the show live, download the podcast or watch the show by going to BYUSN.com and experience BYU Sports Nation whenever you want. Our you question okay? of the day. 
You all right with the whole RPI's gone thing? You know, I'd appreciate it if you wouldn't keep bringing it up. Okay, I'll ask you next segment again. Yeah, I was fine until you just brought it up again. Yeah, sorry. Our question of the day, Jerem. (laughs) Shut up, Daryl. If you could only guarantee one win this season for BYU football, which game would it be? And a lot of you want to uh, quiet your good friend, Daryl, (laughs) from Utah, at BYU underscore alum on Instagram. Utah would be great, but I pick Wisconsin. I feel you. The Badgers are predicted to be a playoff team in some sports articles. It would say a lot to beat them. Amen to that. What kind of articles are these? Sports articles. Those are my favorite kind. You know, I, I thought about picking Wisconsin or Washington because, hey, top because 10 win. Make rational BYU, sense. BYU's only beaten yeah. one top 10 yeah. team on the road in the history of the program. I understand that one. Mine's an emotional. Yes. Thing. I am not a robot. I have emotion. And mine is emotional because I think that all BYU fans need something. They need some form of positivity coming off the long, dreary offseason. Well, we're always the preseason national champs. But even then, expectations, the Royal Army. expectations are lower than ever right now, right? Yes, they are. It's like six wins, get to a bowl game. If BYU beats Arizona? BYU became New Mexico in one season. That all changes. Oh. <laughs> oh. Six wins. Hashtag BYUSN on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Recently, Jeremy and I went two-on-one with the brand-new BYU football offensive coordinator, Jeff Grimes. And you better believe we asked him about the quarterback race and when we will find out who the guy is. Two-on-one BYU football all-access with Jeff Grimes. I think it's pretty clear that everyone on the offensive staff and probably members of your offense have all said that you have the most satisfactory mustache. Are you are you more satisfied with that or with what you've seen from the offense? No, well, um, A, I don't have the best mustache. Um, <laughs> J.D. Falsley clearly has the best mustache on the <laughs> offensive staff, and I can admit that. Um, B, um, my wife hates my mustache, but I'm not seeing her much right now anyway, so I think I can get away with it. <laughs> Um, in terms of what we're doing on the field, really pleased with our effort, but we still got a long way to go in terms of execution. Let's set the stage with the obvious question. Uh, have you decided who your starting quarterback is? No. What will it take to decide that, and what's your kind of timeline with when you want to announce it or not? Maybe you'll go into the Arizona game with nobody knowing, right? That's a possibility. Um, we really have not, at this point, we are not being coy. We have not decided which guy will be the starter. Um, I'd, I'd like to say by the end of this week we'll we'll certainly have that decision made, and whether we announce it or not will be a staff decision that we'll make at that time. What kind of separation are you hoping to see so that the decision can become that much, I don't know, more clear? Not easy, but more clear. Well, it's a good problem to have on one hand because you have two guys who are doing well enough that it's going to be a tough decision. Um, and I think we just need to see one of those guys become a little bit more consistent in the next few days. Is the reason you haven't announced it because you're still waiting for a guy to separate? Yeah, that's why I said I wasn't being coy. We're, we, <laughs> we truly are waiting to see a little bit more from those guys. What's the best thing you have seen from your offense overall? I think um, a willingness to do what's being asked of them. I think they really want to do well for the program, for the team, for each other. Unbelievably coachable um, and... Um, just just a joy to be around on a daily basis. Um, so ple- pleased with the effort, but again, we got a lot of work still to do. Three-ish weeks into your first fall camp as an offensive coordinator, how's it gone for you? How have you grown? Um, you know, it's been really fulfilling and at times frustrating. Um, 
but that's that's no different than being a position coach. I think I think uh, the most enjoyable thing that I've had is just seeing growth with the players and the staff and and how far we've come in terms of camaraderie and and an understanding of what we need to do in order to take that next step and it's it's fun to to be able to see guys take hold of of the vision that that you're compelling them to follow and and they've certainly done that what's the dynamic of the meetings like just with your staff alone like how, what is that like very interactive we have a great staff everyone has a voice and everyone has ownership and i think because of that we have a lot of guys that really care strongly about our level of success is Bo, did Bo Hodge injure himself? Is that why he's not out here? He, he's out here, but he's not running 11 on 11, 7 on 7. Uh, that would be a question for someone else. Okay. Same, same thing with Moroni, Lyle Luputita? Yes. When you have to assess so many weapons on a day-to-day basis, how do you organize and track that all? How, how, do, how does that work? Well, uh, some days we'll do various things, like one period might be a little bit more fast tempo. One might be one where we emphasize more jets or something. Today, the way that we did it is we emphasized certain formations in certain periods, and so we can do it. We can organize it in a variety of ways, just depending on what we what we want to accomplish that day. All right, Coach. We appreciate the uh, insight and not being coy as to J.D. Falsov's mustache and also the quarterback race. <laughs> hey, you bet, guys. Take care. <laughs> Thanks. The offensive coordinator, Jeff Grimes. By the way, we had a lightning delay shorten that interview. Well, yeah, one of our producers came running over, and he's like, wrap it up! <laughs> we so, need everybody so Jeff off Grimes the field. was looking at it. Yeah, so anyways, we had more questions for him, but uh, we had to end early because there was lightning nearby. Now, so. he answered the biggest question yes. that we had. Number one, the quarterback race, and he was clear, like, Jeff Grimes he said, "I'm not being coy." When I I believe him, I don't believe all college football coaches and no. personalities. Like, but no. he went out of his, he went there. out of his way to say, "We're not being coy. We don't know right now. We need to see he, a few more practices." I think if they knew, he would say, "We know, but we're not telling you." Yeah, I really feel like he would. Sure, he doesn't have to. Of course, they could be. He could be coy. He could even lie to us. There's acceptable lying in life. Do do I look fat in this? Your kid, am I doing a good job? They could not be doing a good job. And you go, you know what? You're doing great. Like, there's acceptable <laughs> lying. And in this case, <laughs> Jeff Grimes, I don't think he's lying, but he could and it'd be fine with me. And he said that there is a possibility. Generally, be honest in your dealings with your fellow men. I'm not encouraging lying. I'm just saying there are times where it's okay. Now, he brought up there is a possibility that they might not tell the general public who the starting quarterback is until we see that quarterback run on the field for series number one. Because as of Monday, the first week, the media will have 0.0 access to practice. Now, so you won't see who takes the number one reps. It'll just be whether they decide right. to and tell you, the media. You say that you think it will leak out. Yes. Someone but, on Snapchat or Insta story posts something from the team, from the staff, from the whatever. Because BYU has gone this long, whether by choice or by circumstance, and we think it's by circumstance, yes. that of Zach Wilson. Based on no okay. separation, like we asked. Is it in BYU's best interest to try and keep it secret now that they are this close to opening the season at Arizona? Yes. I think BYU needs to figure out who the starter is as soon as possible at this point. You give them all the number one reps, the team rallies behind them, and then you go. Okay, I, th- okay. I think it's important to – when you and I started this show – you and I would switch who who hosted the day. 
You were Tanner. I was Zach, right? And it was like, okay, okay. We weren't looking for a number one. But eventually he said, Look, stop. Someone needs to just be the lead. So you're the starting host. And when you're gone, I'm the, the next guy, right? And when I'm gone, Jason's there. And sometimes Jason's I Jason's the Joe Critchlow of Some, this program. Sometimes I break my leg and you come in against Colorado State and throw seven touchdown passes. Sometime, Mark Wilson. Yeah, t- sometimes you're late. I host it by myself. That's happened twice. Whatever. But, but we're ready. But we, and we have a pecking order of hosts. There's no confusion. There's no like, well, is Jeremy the host or Spencer? You're the host. I'm the co-host. That's how it is. Okay. But my question is, BYU can identify the quarterback and try and keep it a secret from everybody else. Is it in their well, best interest? To keep is it in their best interest to try and keep it a secret from no. everybody else? No. Why? Because Arizona will prepare for both anyway. They've seen Tanner Mangum. They've seen, Tanner Mangum was but on they the sideline in twenty. Zach Wilson. So if there is no one chance, has, we haven't even seen him on the field. BYU in a coaches game. know Likes him on. better than Arizona. Will. Of course they do. But what I mean is on the field. How Jeff Grimes doesn't want to comment on people and 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 say, oh yeah, he's like this guy. He did another interview where, where someone asked, is uh, someone someone said that Zach Wilson is like a little Jim McMahon, like okay. a, and he said, I don't want to comment on anyone, especially a guy, especially a guy that hasn't played in a game. So that tells you, okay, he's got to prove himself even to his own teammates and coaches, right? He hasn't taken a Division One snap. Can't be calling people anything crazy. Right now, everything that we've been told by the offensive coordinator suggests that BYU will name a starting quarterback, hopefully, at the end of this week. And I, I sat here a month ago and said, oh, man, with Ed Lamb's commentary, like I'd be shocked if BYU doesn't have a starting quarterback named by you know nine or ten days in. Oh, he wanted by day three. Ed and, Lamb did. And I was like, oh, probably could take another week. But Zach Wilson has changed everything. If Zach Wilson wasn't performing as well as he is right now, it would be, t- be Tanner. It would be, it'd be Tanner, and it would be clear, and it's like, yep, Zach's young. We're going to bring him. That's fine. I, he has overperformed, and it changed yes. everything. Does this mean that Tanner Mangum has underperformed? I don't think it's so much Tanner has underperformed because Aaron Roderick said Tanner's had a good camp. Zach's just had an unbelievable camp. And to be fair, the last three or four camps with Tanner Mangum, I've noticed zero difference from this one. And that's with a really good 2015 and that's a really awful 2017. It's hard to know what translates from Paul Camp. That could go for Zach Wilson, too. At one point, Tanner was the shiny new toy in yep. 2015. Oh, right Tanner now, Mangum's great! Zach is the shiny new toy. Yes, And he could be a great player. I, we just need to see him play. He's Buzz Lightyear, and Tanner has taken on the role of Woody. Okay? Both still have great value, but only one is the shiny new toy. That's how it works. It's <laughs> just how it works. Joe Critchlow is Jesse. <laughs> you keep going to that one. Redhead. <laughs> Our question of the day. If you could only guarantee one win this season for BYU football, which game would it be? Back to the Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. At Mad Cougar 86 either Washington or Wisconsin, because that would mean BYU are good enough to beat Utah. That would be That's awesome. a great point. Yeah, not Arizona. Coming up, what's the Stop chance it. BYU names the starting quarterback today? Someone just said I need to have my fan card revoked. Stop it. You're a media member, too, buddy. Yeah, that's a good point. Thank you for having my back on yeah. that one, even though you just dissed my Arizona pick. Yeah, it's <laughs> <an opposite. laughs> Is Khalil Tate the best offensive player BYU will face this season? Speaking of Arizona, Jerem Jordan's final 10-10 and 10 next. 
This is BYU Sports Nation. Monday is the debut of Coordinator's Corner on BYU TV. New this season and BYU Radio at 1 Eastern time as Greg Rubel talks with BYU football coordinators Jeff Grimes, Alexa Tuiaki, and Ed Lamb. It's Mondays starting this Monday at 1 Eastern on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Let's keep it rolling, BYU Sports Nation. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan hanging out in Radio Vision live on BYU Radio, simulcast on BYU TV. We're on demand online at BYUSN.com anytime, anywhere. And here are... Your BYU Sports Nation headlines. You may have heard earlier in the program, BYU football is 10 days away from kicking off the 2018 season in Tucson against the Wildcats of Arizona. The Cougars continue their season preparation today, practicing this morning. Media availability begins at 2.05 Eastern, 12.05 Mountain Time. You can see live interviews and reaction on the BYU TV Sports Facebook page. The Cougars conclude fall camp tomorrow in a final scrimmage, and then it's game week. Preparation starts a little early, too. Going Friday and Saturday. Let's go. Green Bay Packers running back Jamal Williams returned to practice after an ankle injury in Thursday's preseason game. The Packers played the Raiders Friday night. Packers head coach uh, Mike McCarthy was impressed with what he's seen from Packers running back Jamal Williams. Quote, I think he's clearly poised to have a big year. I think we'll be talking about him at the end of the year as a player who made that second year jump. Wow. NFL.com writer Elliot Harrison, this is not a joke, projects Taysom Hill as a member of the 2018 first team all pro NFL team as a special teamer. There's one spot for a guy that's not a kicker. Having racked up four tackles and a blocked punt in the playoffs last year. So is Taysom Hill the next Steve Tasker? I thought he almost blocked a punt. Did he actually block it? And BYU women's basketball defeated the... Haradeg Krolov club team yesterday from the Czech Republic. <laughs> 79-76 in the first game of the Cougars' European preseason tour. Paisley Johnson, game-high 17 points. Chalet Salmon, double-double, 10 points, 15 rebounds. Yeah, how do you say H-R-A-D-E-C? I don't know. Hradek. Yeah, I'm, I'm not exactly sure. <laughs> I have no idea. Jerem, I really want to know where you put a lot of people's Heisman Trophy dark horse contender Khalil Tate in your 10 and 10 best offensive players that BYU will face. Where's the final 10 and 10? It's been where is the Arizona quarterback? Final one. Let's kick it off. 10 lists in 10 weeks. It's Jerem 10 and 10. And it's offensive players this week, okay? So all positions. For the first time, we get offensive linemen eligible here. Tackle eligible. Number 10, John Ursua, wide receiver, Hawaii. The Utah native led the Rainbow Warriors with 47 catches for 667 yards. 14 yards per catch with five touchdowns. And that was through six weeks because Ursua led the nation at 130 yards a game and then tore his ACL. But he still led the team in receiving yards and touchdowns, and that included his teammate, Dylan Colley. I've heard this name before because you did wide receivers, right? And I've I continue to be impressed with the fact that he did that in six weeks. And Hawaii stunk. Number nine, Patrick Laird, running back Cal. He's one of three running backs to average 100 a game last season among BYU's opponents. Put up 13 plays of 20-plus from the line of scrimmage, three plays of 50-plus, eighth nationally in receptions among running backs. You want to beat Cal? Slow down Patrick Laird, period, the end. Number eight, Vic Wharton, wide receiver, Cal as well. 
Wharton was fifth in the Pac-12 in yards and catches per game. 871 receiving yards is the second most of any wide receiver on BYU's schedule this season. Vic's not nearly as effective if Cal can't run the ball, which is why I say stop Patrick Laird. Number seven, David Edwards, right tackle, Wisconsin. He's 6'7", 319. Amazingly, he was a high school quarterback. What? Last season, he was named a multiple All-America list, including being named first-team All-American by the AFCA. Uh, that dude's going to make a lot of money playing in the National Football League. And not as a quarterback. Wow. Number six, Brett Rippon, quarterback, Boise State. Rippon will be a four-year starter, 63% passer. He's the FBS active leader with 9,900 passing yards. Didn't wow last season, but he's capable of 442 passing yards and four touchdowns against BYU like he did in 2015, but he also had three picks. I'd almost put Edwards as an offensive lineman above Brett Rippon because he's that impressive. And can we get Kainakua back for the Boise State game? That'd be nice, right? <laughs> Killed them. Number five, Khalil Tate, quarterback, Arizona. Whoa! Tate was awesome in October, coming off the bench, rushing for an NCAA quarterback record 327 yards versus Colorado. First Pac-12 quarterback ever with 1,000 rushing yards. For the last three games of the season, Tate went 0-3 and rushed for 2.8 yards per attempt. High ceiling, but have people figured him out? Jerem, he's number three or four on most people's Heisman Trophy watch list. He's number five on just BYU's list this year. Listen, he's incredible, but he had a he had an awful November. Like he was awesome in October, but he wasn't good in November. They lost they lost a bunch of games. Number five. Yep. Number four, Miles Gaskins, running back, Washington. Gaskins has or Gaskin has over four thousand rushing yards, forty nine total TDs, five point nine yards per carry, three straight thousand yard seasons. However. He's not the best running back BYU will face this season. He's legit, but I don't think he's better than Khalil Tate. Wow. Number three, Trey Adams, left tackle, Washington. Adams is a projected top 10 pick next year at tackle. He's coming off an ACL surgery last fall. First team all Pac-12, second team All-American in Washington's 2016 college football playoff run. An incredible, incredible hair. He's also number one on the Jerem Jordan 10 and 10 best hair list. Mm -hmm. Number two, the quarterback at Washington, his guy, Jake Browning. Running sophomore season, amazing. 43 touchdowns, 3,400 passing yards. Last season, 19 TDs, 2,700 passing yards. Browning threw for 300-plus one time all of last season. Tanner Mangum did that too, by the way. But he's the only quarterback on this list to lead his team to the college football playoff. Okay, so if Khalil Tate wasn't great late in the season last year and Jake Browning wasn't great pretty much the whole season for Washington last year, why is Khalil Tate three spots behind Jake Browning? Because Browning had a full season of awesome. Tate had one month. Yeah, And the number one player, the top offensive player BYU will face in 2018 is Jonathan Taylor, running back Wisconsin. As a freshman last season, Taylor rushed for an NCAA record 1,977 yards, 6.6 yards per carry, 13 touchdowns, 21 attempts a game, sixth in the Heisman voting. And against BYU, Taylor rushed for 128 yards, 7.1 yards per carry. And those are the top 10 offensive players BYU will face in 2018. Can't wait to... uh... Watch BYU try and defend that guy. <laughs> Serious question. Taylor's so good. Will Jonathan Taylor finish higher than Khalil Tate in the Heisman Trophy voting? Yes, because Wisconsin will have won't have as many losses as Arizona. But Khalil Tate has the dynamic of what, you know, the Lamar Jackson factor, right? Yes, but for for it's easier uh, to get noticed as a for, quarterback. For, yeah, and for Tate to get to New York as a finalist, Arizona's gotta have like two losses, maybe three. And typically that's not their deal. Oh, man. Because they're going to have one loss after game one. I mean, just going through the top five of that list, 
Tells you everything you need to know about the difficulty of BYU's schedule. Absolutely. <laughs> Coming up, will BYU beat a ranked opponent this season? Oh, yeah. Let's put it. Uh, let's, let's designate discuss. a number to that. And what's the chance Taysom Hill is all pro material? One and Apple writer thinks so. We already told you. We'll give you our opinions next. This is BYU Sports Nation. I name my kid Tay. That's how much I like. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Tonight at 8 Eastern on BYU Radio, get better acquainted with Cougars past and present as Greg Rebell hosts a weekly hour of in-depth conversation. Tonight's guests on Behind the Mic include assistant head coach Ed Lamb and former BYU quarterback Riley Nelson. It's tonight, 8 Eastern on BYU Radio and the app. Welcome back, BYU Sports Nation simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. The conversation is always open on social media. Follow at BYU Sports Nation on Twitter, Facebook, and or Instagram. Use the hashtag BYUSN whenever and wherever you would like to converse with us. Our question of the day, if you could only guarantee one win this season for BYU football, which game would it be? Jerem says, Utah, I say Arizona. Yes, I know. Utah, obvious choice for a million reasons, seven in a row. Just because it's obvious doesn't mean it's not the right one. But think about what opening the season with a win at Arizona would do to change the entire rhetoric of the season. All right, my friend, it's time to have fun with percentages and play What's the Chance? BYU Sports Nation asks, What's the Chance? Presented by BYU Food to Go, the MVP of your next event. Ben Bagley, join the conversation, my friend. We can do that. What's the chance BYU beats one ranked team this season? 13%. And if BYU does it, it's Boise State. See, I think it's a little bit higher than that. I say 20% because I think there's a good chance that Utah could be a ranked team by the end of the season. In the 20s somewhere. And so, honestly... It's, it's going to be a tough go either way, whether it's Boise State or Utah, obviously Wisconsin and Washington. But I say 20% BYU beats a ranked team this year because I think Utah will give them another opportunity to do so. BYU's lost three games by one point on the blue. I think it's the most likely one. Let's go. Well, they've also been blown out on the blue. So One time against a Fiesta Bowl winning team. Number two. In my best effort not to be coy about this next question, Ooh, what's the okay. chance that BYU names a starting quarterback today? Zero percent. Yeah, zero, I, zero well, percent. I'm going to say one percent, so I don't alien. I don't no. need at BYU cold freezing takes. No, at me after this. I'll, I'll risk it. This. I'm waiting for someone. To I will risk it. Zero percent. Oh, okay. I will risk one percent. One dollar. Zero percent chance BYU names a starting quarterback today. It's not going to happen until the end of the week. I think they need the scrimmage tomorrow to figure it out. Yeah. Yes. One more scrimmage. Yep. Tomorrow. Number three. What's the chance BYU starts the season 2-0? and oh. This one's interesting. I think Cal is the game that I'm going to think that BYU should win. I say should. It's going to be like a 55% chance. Or Even though uh, ESPN Cal. FPI gives BYU like a 20% chance to win that game. Against Cal? <laughs> really? Is that accurate? Let's look that up. Okay. Can our crack research staff look that up? <laughs> uh, I think, uh, what, let's see, 2-0? 30%. Yeah. 30% chance. That's really tough. It all hinges on Arizona, in my opinion, because if BYU beats Arizona, which is why I want that as a guaranteed win, life is injected back into the program. Confidence is roaring. There's going to be a sellout crowd in Provo for Cal at BYU. Like 19.5%. What? 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 At why? home. Why? Why? Cal was 5-7. and seven. They returned like all the same people. But so does BYU, sort of. Oh, man. 20%. 
it all hinges on Arizona, and I give BYU probably a 30 uh, maybe 25% chance to win. 25%. Yeah. At Arizona? Yeah, if, if BYU oh, beats total? Arizona. At Arizona, FPI is uh, 15%, 14 points. 20, I say 25% chance BYU starts the season 2 No one thinks we can do it! And if they beat Arizona, then I think that percentage goes astronomically in the favor of BYU because of all the emotions it will change. And depending on how it goes. <laughs> the means. Yes. Indicate 25%. That. Next. What's the chance Taysom Hill is an NFL All-Pro this season? Now, it ain't happening at quarterback, even if he starts every <laughs> game, okay? Uh, but it would be special teams. There's one spot on the All-Pro list for a special teams guy that isn't the kicker or punter, okay? So what's the chance? Like 8%. It could happen, but there's a lot of good special teams players. If Taysom Hill's the backup, are they still going to launch him out on yeah, special teams in the same way? Will he play as much? He was the third-string no. quarterback last year, so he was more He's expendable. expendable. Yeah, go on special teams. But if, yeah, he's but the if backup, you're the backup, you're, you have value. I don't know. I don't know how much of a leash they're going to give him if he is the number two behind Drew Brees. Or do they feel confident enough in Tom Savage that if Taysom Hill does get injured and he still is the backup that yeah, it's like, okay? Perhaps he's too good at special teams not to Yeah, lose. yeah. you got to weigh the options there. Uh, there are 32 teams. There are a lot of special teams players. I say, oh, 5% chance Taysom Hill is an all-pro this season. Pro. That's crazy, that be, right? That would be awesome. That's crazy. Is he Steve Tasker <laughs> for the Buffalo Bills? 5% chance. Number five. Last one. What's the chance that BYU women's volleyball team is not the best team on campus? Wow. Now, that's an interesting one. This is a top 10 program that's gone to the Sweet 16 six years in a row. They should have been in the back the last two Elite Eights, but they lost fifth sets where they led by a few points. Perhaps... Men's cross country can reload again and be top five. And, and, you know, they were number three last year. They were pretty impressive. You could argue they were the best team on campus. Uh, I'm going like 20%. I think there's a real, real likelihood that women's volleyball yeah. is the best team They've of re- all the BYU teams. Stocked and reloaded. They bring back all of their significant parts of a team that, like you said, should have been in the Elite Eight. The Sarah Hampson injury is a big blow. They're starting the season ranked in the top 10. Okay. They're number eight right now. <laughs> Let's go. They play cross, at Duke this week. Cross Country will start the season ranked in the top 10 as well, but can they outperform? Has Cross Country been to an equivalent six straight Sweet 16? No. Like we're building off that no. reputation. Yeah, absolutely. Reputation factors into this. Uh, if the men's volleyball wins, the team wins the national title, you could argue they're the best team. 10% chance BYU women's volleyball is not the best team on campus during the fall. Okay. All right, coming up, Jamal Williams is back on the field, and a minor leaguer gets to the next level. And a BYU power couple is taking it next level, Jerem. They get the rise and shout. Details on that next. This is BYU Sports Nation. What's the Chance is brought to you by BYU Food to Go, the MVP of your next event. Shout out to today's guest, offensive coordinator Jeff Grimes, who is striking fear into the hearts of all of his players. Sorry to Dennis Pitta. We ran out of <laughs> Let's whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around. Football. Today's practice 16 is the Cougars inch closer to the season opener next week. Media availability begins at 2 Eastern. Watch live interviews and a recap after practice on Facebook.com slash BYU TV Sports. Cougars in the NFL. Green Bay Packers running back Jamal Williams returned to practice after an ankle injury in Thursday's preseason game. The Packers take on 
The are, can I call them the Las Vegas Raiders yet? Not yet. Next week. All right. On Friday night. Also, NFL.com predicts. Taysom Hill will be a member of the 2018 First Team All-Pro team for special teams, having racked up four tackles and a blocked punt in the playoff last year. Women's basketball. BYU defeated the Hradek Kralov Club team yesterday. That's a guesstimation on the pronunciation. 79-76 in the first game of the Cougars' European preseason tour. Paisley Johnson had a game-high 17 points. Chile Salmon recorded a double-double, 10 points, 15 rebounds. Cougars in the minors. Colton Shaver was promoted to single-A advanced level. He went 2-3 for three with the two-run homer in his Bowie's Creek Astros 5-4 win over the Carolina Mudcats in his debut. Well done. Yeah, congrats, Colton. Cross country. BYU women's cross country picked to finish first in the WCC preseason coaches poll tied with San Francisco. Juniors Olivia Hodge and Courtney Wayman-Smith and sophomore Sarah Musselman were picked on the all-conference preseason team. Today's rise and shout goes to... Basketball player Dalton Nixon and volleyball player Taylin Ballard got engaged yesterday. Congratulations to yeah. those two. Very exciting. Uh, that's that's a power couple. Yes. And yeah. they're really tall. Uh, he's 6'6", six, six, and she's 6'3". That's awesome. Class of who knows, you know, when they have kids and uh, they come to BYU, hopefully. And to Louis Lapois, who had a baby, he and his wife, congratulations. Uh, offensive lineman for BYU, who's been here for 27 years. Uh, or it feels like that. Willard Avery Lapuaho. Yes, so congrats Louis. To Louis and his wife. Uh, they had a baby yesterday. Uh, Louis told me that he's asking his wife if he can go to practice today. <laughs> no joke. <laughs> Paternity's over, baby. <laughs> Daddy's got to go to work. <laughs> Our question of the day. If you could only guarantee one win this season for BYU football, which game would it be? At WSIB on Instagram. <laughs> if any BYU fan says any team besides Utah, their BYU fan card is taken away. Okay. People set the tone. Set the tone and finish it the right way. But you got to set the tone. I'm ignoring you. We don't have time for this. <laughs> we time Our for elite this. voice of the day from at Seth Killingbeck. The national championship okay. game. Hey, 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 hey. That one guaranteed win would mean we beat Utah and had a pretty good season, right? Get out of here. The conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Use hashtag BYUSN. Shows on demand, BYUSN. Our podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and TuneIn. For Jerem, I am Spencer. Shout out to number 10, Coy Detmer. We're 10 days away. Don't be coy about it, man. Go Cougs.